to the David Glenn Show. More of your phone calls later this hour. Joining us now, a guy who I think four years ago, Eric McLean, saw his name on the first team All-ACC football list. Team captain for the Clemson Tigers at the time. First team offensive lineman in his case now an outstanding analyst for the acc network which by the way will have all sorts of creative quality programming building up to and surrounding the acc football championship game we're bringing our big tailgate tour to charlotte for that clemson uva battle on saturday night the acc network will be well represented as well eric mclean welcome back to the david glenn show how are you What's going on, man? Thanks for having me on. It's great to have you. When you hear your former coach, Dabo Sweeney, give a passionate defense of ACC football and even more, more specifically uh, his 12-0 Clemson Tigers, do you think he really believes that somebody's out to get Clemson football uh, in the committee or in the media or otherwise? Or do you think his comments are more for internal purposes to just kind of build that chip on the shoulder of his Clemson Tigers? You know, I definitely feel like he uh, he felt disrespected and, and he wanted to clear the air and just point some things out. I think Coach Sweeney does a great job of holding on to things he has heard or, or heard said or seen written uh, for the right time and then the right uh, purpose to use them. And that's exactly what he did here and, and just felt like what his team was doing was either undervalued or, or not respected fully, and he's not going to let anybody do that. So I think that's kind of the timing of it all. Uh, there's no doubt that what this team is, is able to do on, on the 27-game uh, winning streak uh, is just truly remarkable, and how they've been able to do it uh, is special. So he, he's not going to let anybody discount that or, or take it for uh, granted. When it comes to Ohio State having four wins over teams in the top 25 right now, LSU has three wins over teams in the committee's top 25. Even Georgia has three wins over teams currently in the top 25. Clemson, as much as I admire and respect the Tigers, they don't have any wins over teams in the top 25. That's where I don't see – where does Dabo see the lack of respect when it's not his fault that the ACC didn't provide him with more competition this year, but certainly those other schools have beaten better opponents than Clemson has so far, right? Yeah, I think when you when you look at it, there's there's a certain group that controls who's what number is beside someone and and who's not. And like you said, it's not uh, Coach Sweeney's fault that FSU's having a six and six year. Yeah. Uh, Wake Forest, all of a sudden, everyone gets hurt and and they're not in double digit win perspective and and a top twenty five opponent. So again, he he is controlling what he can control. Uh, but I think more so, he, he was holding on to the fact that Georgia goes and and loses to a team that he absolutely dismantles and and all you hear right after the fact was uh how, how can we keep georgia in the playoff how can they still yeah. make this work and i think that was his biggest thing is it just he has a one point victory and, and everyone treated it like a loss so again he he was holding on to these things and and waiting to use them until the right time and he felt like after uh you know, a 30 or, or whatever point victory it was this past weekend, that, that was the right time. Eric McLean is joining us on the David Glenn Show. You can follow him on Twitter at Eric McLean. Saturday night, it is the Cavaliers against the Tigers. It was awards week this week, so we got all the All-ACC teams and then the individual awards. Uh, I don't know if you are a voter, but when you saw Louisville's Scott Satterfield as coach of the year, Clemson running back Travis Etienne as player of the year, Sam Howell of the Tar Heels as the freshman of the year, or, or some of the others, 
Uh, were they were you all in agreement with those or did you have another candidate in mind for one of those most prestigious individual awards? Yeah, so I am not a, a voter at this time, but that, that was exactly pretty much how my ballot would have went. I, I think that uh, the writers and coaches and whoever else was involved with this did a fantastic job. I think that all these uh, recipients were more than deserving. I thought that uh, the coaches race really would be tighter than it had in quite some time. And you saw yeah. the vote break down with the top three and, and really uh, could ar- there's an argument for each of those guys and what they've been able to accomplish. But I did feel like what Satterfield was able to do uh, a team that we all probably expected to have nothing more than two wins this year uh, to, to potentially be fighting for eight is truly remarkable. And, and again, it's not like he had some big, uh, wave of transport transfer portal uh, guys come in. He didn't have the number one recruiting class. He won with what, what was there in year one right now. And that was just, it, it was remarkable to see. And so kudos to him. Uh, and the other guy that I thought would be pretty much unanimous was Sam Howe and what he's been able to do this freshman season uh, is absolutely special and, and no doubt about it. I don't know if you guys have another one of those crazy 12 hour days coming up, but there were other Saturdays this year where I would tune into the ACC network like on my way out the door and see you guys on and maybe come home after traveling and then covering a game and, and getting back home. And it's, it might be like 10 or 12 hours later, and I'd turn it on, and you guys are still on. Uh, what, what was the – I mean, this is new for everybody, right? This is year one of the ACC network. Right. Give us uh, a little look behind the curtain just about how much fun y'all had and, and maybe some uh, unexpected twists and turns with Mark Richt and the rest of that crew along the way. Oh, man, it has been such a blessing just to be with these guys each and every weekend to, to cover this great sport. Uh, I really just have to kind of pinch myself and, and think of how lucky I am and, and how surreal it is that, uh, you know, my career is covering covering a sport that I, I care about dearly and, and I'm very passionate about. Uh, but, yeah, like you said, there, there were some long days. But, again, it, it's one day out of the week uh, where we're grinding pretty much for 12, 13 hours and, and just trying to give you guys unbelievable content and and what a what a blast it's been from our producers to our directors to anybody supporting us and then the people you actually see on camera it's been a unbelievable year and it's it's pretty wild to think that we're right here in championship season and year one's almost over credit to y'all as someone who's been on the writing side the editing side obviously the radio side but also the tv side the fun factor comes through the screen i can tell you as a consumer myself so keep up the good work along those lines back to the football field where if a virginia fan asked you hey eric i know we're underdogs i know clemson's 12 and 0 i know the tigers have more talent than the cavaliers but we did see those North Carolina Tar Heels push the Tigers to a one-point game in Chapel Hill, and Carolina only finished 6-6. Six and six. So there's got to be a magical recipe in there somewhere that would give us our best chance of shocking the world. What are some of the things that come to mind, you know, it's just to make the almost impossible possible? I think that they're on offense, it, it starts and ends with Bryce Perkins, what he is able to do. He, he If there was an award for uh, – you know, most valuable player yeah. to their team. I think it would be between him and, and Jalen Hurts from Oklahoma. Uh, this man has, a, has accounted for 78% of their total yards. He leads the ACC in total yards uh, from the line of scrimmage and just how explosive he is as an athlete with his legs, with his arm, and really the most important and, and impressive is how he escapes. And when things 
break down and go to chaos, it's really when he gets the most creative and is at his best. When he can escape, keep his eyes downfield, and really uh, find that open wide receiver, that's when you see these big plays happen. Uh, and Clemson is going to have to contain him because if not, we have seen multiple times in November, which he led his team to an undefeated record first time since the 50s, that he can go for 400-plus yards, five, uh, four or five touchdowns. So he, he, he is their entire offense. He's a guy that is really going to try to get it out to Dubois, Jana, and, and Reed and, and just distribute that ball. And then, of course, he, he's, he's ran the ball more times than Travis Etienne has, which is Clemson's running back. So I think that there's no doubt that they, Clemson is going to have to have a plan for him. But on the flip side, Virginia – is going to have to utilize their best athlete and weapon. And they surely will because that's what they've done all season. I think if you look at another uh, kind of something that a lot of people wouldn't look at, but Joe Reed and kick returns. Yeah. You know, Clemson will test you and they will kick it a little bit short to try and get good field position. That might not be the case this game because of how dangerous of a weapon he is. We've seen him go to the house 100 plus yards or more, I think, two times this year. And he's a guy that anytime he touches it, he can, he can break the doors off and get a huge lead in game. UVA is playing in this ACC title game for the first time ever. Of course, Clemson's not only been there a lot, they've won the last four in a row. My question to you for this matchup, because it feels a little lopsided, is how you've seen the Tigers grow from September or even that matchup, the close one against Carolina, to what they are now because it just seems like they're a lot better. And it feels this year, Eric, whereas – I think the year that you were playing, I mean, it was a one-possession game against the Tar Heels. The the following year, it was a one-possession game where the Tigers beat uh, Virginia Tech. These last two years, I traveled to Charlotte thinking Miami and Pitt had no chance against Clemson. And sure enough, 38-3 and 42-10. I don't know if it's going to be lopsided again, but just remind us of the Clemson half of that equation because, you know, maybe if they were still the Tigers of September – there would be a more reasonable chance at an upset. But, man, the way Trevor Lawrence and others have come along, I just don't see it. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you. I think that they that served as a wake-up call to the Tigers. When you see how they were playing beforehand, Travis Etienne really didn't look like the Travis Etienne that we had seen the two years before. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence was making silly uh, mistakes and just throwing risky passes that led to interceptions. Uh, and ever since that game, and, and really I'll even squeak it over to uh, the Louisville game a little bit, they have been firing on all cylinders. Uh, Trevor Lawrence looks like the best quarterback in the country, how efficient he has played, the way that he has thrown the ball downfield, leading his receivers, putting it in spots that only they can catch it. And then again, Travis Etienne, I mean, there, there was no doubt. He, he was playing like a fifth-round draft pick in, in that North Carolina game ever since. He, he's been a, a top 10 guy, and I know he's, he's probably not going top 10 because of the way NFL utilizes their running backs, but how he has played, the explosive plays, anytime he touches it, it's a potential home run hit, uh, and even down to his blocking and receiving as well. Since that UNC game, he's a different guy. And, oh, by the way, their receivers look like they're stepping up into playoff mode as well, which is a scary sight for anybody to see those two big 6'4 receivers out on the edge playing their best ball. Eric McElane of the ACC Network. He is an ACC champion in his own right. Follow him on Twitter, at Eric McLane. Roots in the great state of North Carolina. And, of course, he and the crew all over Saturday night's ACC title game. Thank you, as always, for the visit and time here on the David Glenn Show. 
Yes, sir. We appreciate you. Safe travels to Charlotte. Right back at you. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. What's on our mind the rest of the way? It's actually a big day for NASCAR, a sport that calls North Carolina home, but has been struggling with alarming downward trends in TV ratings and attendance and sponsors. The, they had an announcement earlier today that involved a new business model that is taking shape with the announcement of some new sponsors and some old sponsors. Of course, the ACC Big Ten challenges on our mind. You have questions, comments, and reactions. Duke and NC State have a lot to celebrate after big wins. UNC and Wake Forest were truly embarrassed last night by the Buckeyes and the Nittany Lions. Where do they go from here? You can chime in with your question or comment at 1-800-849-2761. The NHL is on our mind in part because we're going to see the Canes host the San Jose Sharks tonight at PNC Arena. Hope to see you there. And, of course, NFL Week 14 action begins tonight, Dallas at Chicago. We have a vacancy at the head coaching position for the Carolina Panthers. Who might be next for David Tepper? And where might Ron Rivera go as the head coaches in Atlanta and Dallas and Jacksonville and the New York Giants and maybe even Cleveland and Detroit? Detroit are wondering if their names are going to be added to a list that was started by Washington and Carolina with the dismissals of Jay Gruden and, of course, Ron Rivera this week here in Charlotte. You can be next with your question or comment. College football is also on our minds. It's award season. It's conference championship week. That team that is currently in the top seven that I believe the committee really wants to keep out not for bad reasons, but for schedule-related reasons, it's the Baylor Bears. You know what will make that a moot point? If Oklahoma beats Baylor again on Saturday, the way the Sooners took care of the Bears during the regular season. It is going to be interesting. There have to be at least two losers, right? The top seven includes head-to-head -head matchups between four of those seven. So only at most five of those seven contenders can win this week. What does that mean? Can't squeeze five into four slots, right? Somebody would have to be left out. Maybe we'll have more upsets than most are guessing. You can be next with your question or comment on college football, the NBA, college basketball, the NFL, 1-800-849-2761. We'll sprinkle in some NASCAR, golf, and Major League Baseball updates as well. David is in Welcome, North Carolina, and wants to be next. You can join us by dialing 1-800-849-2761. We're glad you're with us on the David Glenn Show. Gary Player joining us. This morning I did 1,300 sit-ups and crunches. Wow. I pushed 300 pounds with my legs and I ran on the treadmill. You are one of the legends of golf and you've been an inspiration as a person as well. What a nice compliment and God bless America. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Lines open for the first time in a long time. Jim Zoki in the books on the NFL from the Carolina Panthers. Eric McLean from the ACC Network on college football. A lot to discuss on the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Wolfpack and Blue Devil fans are celebrating, and for good reason. Big wins over the last two nights. Carolina and Wake Forest were both embarrassed last night by Ohio State and Penn State. You can jump in on the Ron Rivera, where will he go next, and who will be his successor in Charlotte story. Questions, comments, complaints. I promised one thing before the break. I'll give you that as we come back to your calls on the college basketball NFL college Football and NBA headlines of the day. We're headed to the Canes game against San Jose. Hope to see you at PNC Arena. Baseball free agency signings are coming out left and right today. The golf 
season is back in fuller force in the Bahamas today. Tiger Woods and other luminaries playing in round two of a four-round event. The uh, Australia will be the venue for the President's Cup starting next week, actually a week from today. I mentioned NASCAR. As we come back to your calls, 1-800-849-2761. Today was a big day for a sport that does call North Carolina home and has been really struggling with alarming downward trends. Whatever you've thought of the slight bumps and falls and rises of the NFL's TV ratings, which are back up again, or any other sport you follow, how many younger people care about baseball, and you know all those other big-picture questions, the most glaring and most consistent rise or fall of any sport over a longer period that we follow here in North Carolina, by far, I mean, NFL bumps up and down have been tiny given the overwhelming success of those ratings even in their down years for the National Football League. Baseball has some issues with younger fans, but guess what? Baseball, for about the hundredth year in a row, remains one of the three biggest economic engines in American sports, period. It's not even close. It's the NFL, nowadays, by far number one. And the NBA and Major League Baseball, depending on your measuring stick, are second and third in whatever order. NASCAR's numbers reached the worst in the history of the sport last year. And many numbers in attendance or TV ratings or with sponsors also down this year. As we come back to your calls, 1-800-849-2761, not just on this, but the other headlines of the day. NASCAR announced today, and this is to me a mixture of good news and bad news. They announced that they're moving forward without a title sponsor. Now, I grew up in Philadelphia. I'm a NASCAR convert I say all the time, I'm thankful we've had Rick Hendrick of Hendrick Motorsports on the show, Joe Gibbs of Joe Gibbs Racing. We have had Tony Stewart of Stewart Haas Racing. So the owners of the best teams join us as guests. I think, Darren, we've had every champion driver, heck, every top 10 driver, even in your four years with me, I think we've had every one of them. So we've had every prominent owner, every prominent driver, Every prominent broadcaster, for us, we don't talk about it as much as a day-to-day product compared to many other sports. But getting, you know, Kurt Busch, Kyle Busch, Brad Keselowski, Tony Stewart, uh, and when they were driving, Dale Earnhardt Jr. and uh, Jimmy Johnson still driving, but Jeff Gordon and, you know, even the Wayback Machine guys like uh, Richard Petty, the king himself, has joined us multiple times here on the David Glenn Show. From that perspective, NASCAR is very user-friendly for us. If you didn't know, almost every NASCAR team is based in the greater Charlotte, North Carolina area. So we are truly, I talk about us as the center of the college basketball universe, thanks to Duke and Carolina and sometimes others over a multi-decade period. We are truly the center of the NASCAR universe in every way imaginable, not just, you know, the races there at Charlotte Motor Speedway. The announcement today was a mixed bag in my eyes because, Darren, growing up in the mountains of southwest Virginia, I know NASCAR was big in your turf. No doubt. I mean, I grew up an hour from Bristol Motor Speedway. so Enough said right there. Yeah. Would you be familiar with the phrase Winston Cup? Yeah. Okay. Winston, the big tobacco company, back at a time when tobacco was truly printing money, for 33 years, Winston was the title sponsor of the top flight of stock car racing, NASCAR. 
and it was a very mutually beneficial relationship. Winston got a lot out of it. NASCAR got a lot out of it. Three decades plus, think about marriages in the corporate world. You can put your name on a stadium, and that relationship ain't lasting 33 years. So the Winston Cup concept, one that I was introduced to when I moved to North Carolina for the first time in 1987, again, not then a NASCAR guy, I've come to learn a lot about it, attend races with many of our listeners across the state, and have a lot of fun doing it, including those interviews with those special guests. Winston was the title sponsor for 33 years. Then Nextel, do you remember that? Or have you, can you identify with the phrase Sprint Cup? Yeah, yeah so it was, was it the Sprint Cup series and then Nextel well, or, my, or vice versa? Off the top of my head, I believe it was Nextel, but I'm pretty sure Sprint and Nextel merged as companies. Yes, so, when no, they, so that was the reason for the So team. when You're they right. merged, it wasn't so much a title sponsor change. It was what used to be Nextel did not exist, I don't think, anymore. Right, yep. And, and was essentially what? Usurped under the Sprint umbrella? Yeah, that's that. Good yep, SAT that's work? That's how it went. So Winston for 33 years, Nextel slash Sprint, same company essentially, for another period of years. And then the last three years, it was the Monster Energy Cup. Now, again... I don't know all the numbers. How much was the title sponsor paying? That's central to the success of any sport or any major event. I don't know how much those mon- money m- money numbers were going down as TV numbers were going down, attendance numbers were going down. I assume the title sponsor money was going down, although if inflation goes in the other direction, so maybe it sort of plateaued a little bit. The announcement today included there is no title sponsor. That sounds bad to me, right? You know, we're not, it's like the Carrier Dome at Syracuse. Uh, well, Carrier is no longer the sponsor of Syracuse's famous home basketball and football facility. So now they're just calling it the Dome. That can't be good. If I'm the athletic director at Syracuse, however many millions I was pocketing every single year from the Carrier Company to call it the Carrier Dome, you know, well, I don't know how you turn that frown upside down. It's, it's bad news that you no longer have a title sponsor. Maybe they have one on the hook, one on the way, whatever. If you go from having that revenue to not having that revenue, that sounds bad. Unless you have an explanation to suggest otherwise. Similarly here, with TV ratings, again, at their lowest ever in 2018 and not much better this year. Attendance, man, empty seats everywhere you look. That's not unique to NASCAR, but given the other downward trends, it's more alarming for NASCAR. And then sponsors, some of the biggest. I mean, Target and some that I got used to seeing as NASCAR partners, long gone. I mean, a half a dozen really big ones no longer investing in NASCAR. So today's announcement was, A, there's no more title sponsor. They just want you to call it the Cup Series. Can that possibly be good? The NASCAR Cup Series. It'd be like calling where Carolina plays its NFL home games, Panther Stadium. That ain't lying in David Tepper's pockets. Panther Stadium? Uh, what is it? The money goes from his left pocket to his right pocket so he can call it Panther Stadium? No, it's Bank of America Stadium. They're paying for the rights. That bank is paying a lot of money for the rights to that stadium, right? And it's... It's, we're headed there this weekend to see the ACC title game. Bank of America is well represented on every street corner around Bank of America Stadium. And on the side of the stadium, you can even take some cute snapshots at nighttime and you see the big Bank of America logo. So it is a mixed bag, I say, for NASCAR. 
Because if you're calling it the NASCAR Cup Series, that sounds as generic and vanilla as it gets. That's bad. But the new business model from the outside appears to be go to your longstanding relationships. And my guess from the outside is none of them was willing to put up the money to be the title sponsor. So what they did, probably what you or I would do, if all of these long-term sponsors said, you know what, we're going to stay in the game with you, we still believe in you, we're okay with some of these declining uh, numbers and, and the curve, the downward curve, but we're not putting up whatever Winston used to put up or whatever Sprint used to put up or whatever Monster Energy put up these last three years, but we'd still like to be involved and we'd still like to be a prominent partner. So the announcement today was that, ready for these? Bush Beer, Coca-Cola, Geico, and Xfinity, all of whom have been NASCAR partners. Xfinity was basically the sponsor of their AAA series, right? Geico's been with them for a long time. Coca-Cola's been with them probably longer than I've been alive. I'm not as sure how long Bush Beer has been well, with Bush them. Bush was a, a, that a was series. The, that was, that the, was the name of the Xfinity uh, series correct. prior that to that. That was the AAA. You're yeah. right. So they are all longstanding partners, and they are kind of the, the four corners, if you will, of the future of NASCAR. So – it's mixed bag news, right? Okay, you still have these four prominent, well-known partners, and they're remaining in the game through this period of a very rough, rough road attendance and TV-wise. But you don't have a title sponsor. I, you know, they're calling it a new business model. They're calling it, you know, the future of NASCAR. It just can't be good. What's the starting point for the health of anything we follow? Before you get into how smart TV executives are, how intelligent or not the marketing people are the you know young versus old male versus female you know what the starting point is for everything how many people care and how much do they care that's the starting point and unfortunately for nascar those numbers have been going down there are still diehard passionate nascar fans but empty seats and declining tv ratings suggest that the number of people who care a lot is going down and how much they're willing to show up or watch on TV is also going down. That, those are bad signs. Today's news, again, mixed bag from a sport that calls North Carolina home. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. David is in Welcome, North Carolina. And next on the David Glenn Show, go right ahead. Hey, David. Hey, man, what's uh, going on? The, the Tim Ryan uh, interview, I didn't see the entire interview. I just saw the sentence where he mentioned dark skin right but I, I think he was just making an observation uh, as i watched the game on tv i saw the exact same thing uh not so much the dark skin but the, the dark uniforms i i couldn't find the ball I, i'm gonna read what tim ryan said just to, just so uh, people know what we're talking about uh tim ryan san francisco 49ers broadcaster as the niners were playing the baltimore ravens or no not during the game he was on sports radio describing the lamar jackson phenomenon he, this is going into a Ravens 49ers game. Um, no, I'm confused about that. It was a sports radio interview, and here's what Tim Ryan said. Lamar is really – he's really good at that fake Lamar Jackson, but when you consider his dark skin color with a dark football with a dark uniform, you could not see that thing. I mean, you literally could not see when he was in and out of the mesh point. And for those who don't know, he has now been suspended one game by the San Francisco 49ers as their radio analyst because of those words. He did come out with a statement of apology. 
and the 49ers came out with a statement as to why. He is still employed. Again, Bill Peters got fired for using the N-word, among other things, in the hockey world. This is I don't think anybody describes this as similar to that. But Tim Ryan did get a suspension, and I think a lot of people are asking the same question that David and Welcome is asking. Why did this rise to the level where Tim Ryan had to, you know, I guess lose a paycheck. I don't. I, I didn't read whether it's a paid suspension, my dream, or an unpaid suspension for him. Uh, I, I guess. I mean, you know, you know the bottom line here. Um, we live in a world where we need to be and should be sensitive on matters, especially of race and gender and religion. You know, and some of the other things that are either written into our civil rights code uh, of the 1960s or the Constitution of the United States. We have enough problems with matters of race and gender and religion that we ask people to be sensitive about them. Uh, but I said, if I was the owner, and isn't that the ultimate test? If I'm the owner, what do you do? Well, Bill Peters N-word, I'm firing his tail and not even a little bit apologetic for it. I'm certainly not firing Tim Ryan. And based on whatever work he had done for me, he might not get a suspension at all for something like this. I would remind him, though, you know, I think all of us are in favor of let's not make race an issue when it is not an issue. But let's not deny that an issue that it's an issue when it clearly is an issue. Right, though, I think almost all of us agree with that. And some understandably get upset when the race card is played and it's inappropriately played. We've all seen that. And I and many others get upset when Americans and sports fans are in denial when race is clearly a factor in a certain situation and they're still pretending that, you know, white people are discriminated against just as much as, as people of color are. You know, what, when's the last time a major college football white quarterback had to transfer because fellow, a fellow athlete in his own athletic department used the N-word while he was playing? Like, anybody ready with the, the latest white guy that had to deal with those circumstances? Because I could give you them in the soccer world, the NFL, and a lot of other sports that we follow. Again, reflecting the reality in our country as shown in the headlines of the sports world. Um, in this particular case, I would ask Tim Ryan, like, if this is really a big issue, it's not like Lamar Jackson's the first brown man who's ever handed off an NFL football which also happens to be a shade of brown, right? If this is really big, Tim, former NFL defensive football player, why, why, why was it not a key? Why was it not a matter of discussion when Warren Moon or Randall Cunningham or Russell Wilson or, I mean, you know, is, has the football color changed? Is Lamar's skin different than other uh, people of color quarterbacks? You know, the, it just gets to be like, why in 2019 – might it be part of some secret magical formula to let the football blend into Lamar Jackson's brown skin or the Ravens' dark uniforms? Why, why is that a novelty? Why is it a matter of discussion in 2019 when most of us just want to get past the point? Yeah, he's a quarterback. He's not a brown quarterback or a white quarterback or a black quarterback. Or He's a quarterback. And unless you can tell me that there's some competitive advantage or disadvantage, you know, and why, if so, if there is, why are we hearing about it in 2019? These teams analyze every other detail, as I said earlier in today's show. If it's really part of the camouflage and the run-pass option version of NFL football, if it's truly that much of a competitive advantage, you know, why wouldn't teams that wear brown as part of their uniforms wear dark brown more often? 
you know, then you'd have the uniform and the skin color and the football color all blending in. And, you know, defenders are confused to a T because of this camouflage. I, I don't know. That, you, you talk to Tim Ryan about it. You ask him to be sensitive and you move on. This is not a Bill Peters situation. So I hope I understand your point, David. I hope you understand my point about the lack of understanding and sensitivity among many Americans on matters of race and other things. Let me ask this. If, if a, a broadcaster mentions that a 350-pound lineman, offensive lineman, uh, has an advantage over the smaller defensive lineman, why aren't we upset about that? Because we haven't had a history of discrimination as a country toward large human beings and yet we enslaved and tortured and raped black men and women for uh, decades. I mean, uh, you know, you're coming from a place of ignorance with that question. You're trying to equate two things that have absolutely nothing to do with each other. It's kind of the guy who called me not long ago, and thank you for the call, David. I hope you become a more educated version of yourself because that is a parallel that people who, ha who carry racial resentment try to use as a parallel. And intelligent, educated people simply see that they're not parallels for each other. I mean, I'm sorry to be the first, perhaps, to tell you a lot of people go through life, and seriously, in their neighborhood, in their family circle, in their friend circle, you know, maybe their preacher was a racist, and we're, we're in a state where a whole lot of people went to church for decades and were told that little brown people weren't supposed to play with little white people. I mean, that, that's just, we, we've, we're in a state where the governor himself was a blatant racist, during my lifetime, not in the Stone Ages, if you can't see the inappropriate nature of that analogy, you need to educate yourself or you're just going to die ignorant and racially resentful. I mean, seriously, I don't like to be the bearer of these tidings, but that's the world we live in, and apparently not as many other people are willing to step forward and say such things. I'm never going to apologize for it because that is an example of ignorance that prevents progress, and we just all need to be better than that. Do you remember the guy, Darren, who complained that broadcasters like you and I pointed out that so-and-so was the first black quarterback in the Super Bowl or so-and-so was the first black, uh, whatever, baseball player to do this or that? Remember, incredibly resentful, completely unaware that this is entirely a byproduct of the ignorance and racism that he's carrying around Possibly, it's not genetically handed down from generation to generation, but it is absolutely handed down in other ways from generation to generation. I wonder why. Like, why would we have to? Why would we have to point out that it was the first black quarterback? And he, he was like, well, "Why don't we say it's the first white quarterback? Why don't we say it's the first white?" Well, you know, because our country was so deeply and intensely racist for decades in the sports world that you literally were not allowed to play the sport because of the color of your skin. Like, if your brain immediately goes to, why don't we celebrate that he's the first white quarterback to do this or that, when, you know, whites were allowed to play the whole time. If you have a soul, if you're willing to be open-minded, if you're, if you're willing to get past perhaps your family's generations of ignorance and racism, I have it in my own family tree. I'm not unique here. There are less educated 
ignorant members of my extended family that can't comprehend such things. They're just, they're just simply ignorant, which doesn't mean stupid automatically. It means uninformed. It means not knowing. There's a big difference between ignorance and stupidity. I'm not calling anybody stupid, but it is ignorant to draw such parallels. Well, why aren't we saying the first white quarterback? Because white quarterbacks have been permitted since the beginning of time, since the beginning of football time, right? And yet Major League Baseball wouldn't let anybody in because of the color of their skin. And the National Football League wouldn't let anybody in because of the color of their skin. And universities in my backyard right now wouldn't. Great black players from the high school ranks of North Carolina had to find universities in the North because the universities in the South wouldn't let them in. Why? Because their skin color was different. Now, good people, educated people, progressive thinking people, good-hearted people, those who haven't sold their souls, can see how outrageous that was and can see that after decades of bigotry and hatred, and yes, even raping you because you're black and the other despicable byproducts of slavery, when these things prevent people of color from participating in these sports, not for any reason, oh, you're not good enough? Oh, no, no, you're good enough, you're just brown. To ask the question, to to have your brain go first to why aren't we saying he's the first white guy to do this, instead of your brain going first to how damn outrageous was it and how damn outrageous is it still that some people carry around this ignorance and racism and looking backward yeah the trailblazing black quarterback or black athlete is celebrated in part because his predecessors his ancestors were by rule not allowed to even compete not even allowed to try Why doesn't your soul and your heart go to the outrageous nature of that and wanting to make a situation that has gotten better, even better, why does your heart go right to, eh, not even celebrating the first white quarterback to do that? I mean, that is as backwoods, uneducated, uncivilized, backwards approach to life and society and being American or being a sports fan as I can possibly comprehend. And again, if you're offended by that, good. More people need to call that stuff out. It's not just those who are people of color who can make things better for people of color. It's not just women who should fight sexism for crying out loud. Grow a pair. Be part of the solution. It's not that hard. Educate yourself and call out the insanity where you see the insanity. I can promise you, it doesn't make you the most popular person in the world to be the bearer of such bad tidings. I just personally don't give a rats when ignorant people dislike me for telling them the truth. 1-800-849-2761. We're back after this on The David Glenn Show. Kurt Busch is joining us, 38-year-old champion of the Daytona 500. I went out with Gronk last night after uh, after we won the race. Did you and really? Also, it was fun. Got about an hour's sleep. I asked him, I go, hey, when do you have to report to training camp? He goes, July. I said, well, we can't be friends because i got to <laughs> go back to racing. Stay with us on the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Hey, Darren, one more reminder why I will never hold elected office. I don't say things based on maximizing my chance 
of getting the largest percentage of the vote. I am wired, I think you know by now, in a slightly different way. I'm not anti-holding public office, especially given some of the con men, pathological liars, grifters, and others holding higher office as we speak. I'm not anti-higher office. I just believe that when you truly speak the truth, you are losing as many votes as you are winning votes because the votes that you lose are held by people who simply don't want to hear the truth. And I'm not really good at pacifying those who live their lives in ignorance that way. And that's why, you know, imagine my political contributors. You know, I get into office and then they're like, DG, man, don't say that. You're just, there's, there's no way you're going to get reelected. You can't say that to those people. And I said, well, yeah, yeah, I can. But you're right. I'll probably lose those votes. Tavares in Green, Greenville, you're next on the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Uh, yeah, to me, DG, it's, um, it's the willful ignorance comes from the actual lack of knowledge. It does. And that has a lot to do with um, society and education growing up. Um, True. When, 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 I was in, when I was in school, I was taught my history. And then in the history book, it started from a slave ship. And that's where it started from. Mm. You, you, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. But it got watered down. There was no actual information about the pain, the actual suffering. There was no. So it was like, what, what, you know, what, what are you guys complaining about? There's no pain. They, we right. don't see anything. And even today in Winston-Salem, Forsyth County area, the school district voted not to, uh, I believe it's that county, voted not to have, um, like, black history courses. I mean, that's like. You have to understand other other cultures, you know, just a little smidge yeah. of it, somewhat. And that's why we get to these, well, I didn't know. I didn't understand. I, I, you know, that's, we apologize. And, and I like your phrase. I'm running out of time, so i got to let you go. Thanks for chiming in. I, I like your phrase, willful ignorance, because given that this is a sports radio platform heard in almost 300 North Carolina cities and towns, you do not need to leave the sports headlines to understand the volume and extreme nature of racism in 2019. You don't have to leave the sports headlines. I mean, you should to educate yourself. But <laughs> almost every week there's another example of outrageous sorts of racism that a white person would never have to deal with or an outrageous form of sexism that a dude would never have to deal with. You just have to open your eyes. Otherwise, you're being willfully ignorant. Final thoughts and TV picks as we come down the stretch next. Rob Schneider joining us on the David Glenn Show. When they try to have three days of the NFL draft on TV, my friends said, hey, you going to watch the NFL draft? I like getting excited about a strip club that's still under construction. <laughs> like you see that building over there in a couple of months? There's going to be some breasts in there. You're listening to the David Glenn Show. We are coming down the stretch on today's program. Thanks to Jim Zoki of the Panthers, Eric McLean of the ACC Network, TV Picks, Cowboys, Bears, Thursday night football. Sharks at the Canes, I will see you there. College Hoops 2, including Elon High Point. Enjoy the games. We'll see you tomorrow on the David Glenn Show. Mr. President Barack Obama, welcome to the David Glenn Show. How are you? David, it's great to be on. It's wonderful to, to talk to the folks in North Carolina. I always say uh, I love the state of North Carolina, love the people of North Carolina. Even the folks who don't support me down there are nice to me. The David Glenn Show.